Hi everyone and welcome back. So we are in Q4. The year has flown by. We're in our Q4 CEO roundtable and I have the pleasure of having great guest with me this evening. And so Eddie, Faber, and Wilfred, who will introduce themselves and their companies. And so in today's roundtable, we're speaking about navigating the new regime while scaling a business. As we all know, we have our interest rates, uh, inflation, and we are all founders here navigating and building and scaling our companies. And we want to position ourselves well for quarter one of 2024 and for the rest of 2024. So let's start with you, Faber, and I will let you go ahead and introduce yourself and your company. So, um, hello everyone. Um, good afternoon, all good evening, and uh, absolutely good morning from anywhere, everywhere you're joining. So, my name is Faber Wadiboko, and you can simply call me Faber. And uh, I'm a computer science student here at Texas University. I'm a sophomore. Uh, next year, I'll be a rice engineer. So uh, a little bit about myself is that um, while I currently run uh, a company called Canxadot, where we are building a personal rescue platform for hypertensive patients in Africa, starting with Ghana. So um, with the vision, we hope to provide telemedicine services out in Arsenal uh, or delegated health services to the to patients and um, our niche is um, not for the our particular niche non communicable diseases and the likes. And um, it stems from my own problems um, that at least while growing up and I've encountered. So personally I love to propose solutions to problems that have been encountered. And that is um, a little bit about myself and the passion behind Kenisa Health. Thank you. Thank you, Faber. And I'll go to you next, Wilfred. Hello. My name is uh, Wilfred Gilba, and uh, I founded Ayoba and uh, company. Ayoba company is an ESD consultancy here in the UK, so we help our businesses to become more sustainable. So we help them with, provide um, ESG practical solutions to businesses to make them become more sustainable and also tend to be uh, cost-effective. Uh, Thank you, Wilfred. And I'll go to you next, Eddie. Hello. Okay, my name is Ediko. I'm doing computer science at HSC University. I'm also in sophomore year. In the, I'm the founder and CEO of Agent Connect. And Agent Connect is a, a company that is trying to bridge the gap between the banked and unbanked in Burundi, especially we are focusing on how people, especially in rural areas, can be able to access the financial loans to further or do different projects that they want uh, to venture in. And by doing that, what you are trying to do is to build a network of responsible agents who can try to bridge like that gap between like either information knowledge or the access on how they can proceed to be able to secure some fund or create a different like company or banks. And what now we are trying to focus on in the these years to try to get that network of agent. And next year we start by looking at how we can design some of the loan product, especially micro loans for farmers and also other young entrepreneurs. Thank you. Great. And so all of you have really interesting businesses. And so the very first question is, we're here at the end of the year. And how are you all positioning your businesses uh, to start off 2024 uh, in the best place possible for your business? 
and I will go to you, Wilfred. So our business is a very professional and uh, a niche business. So I think the only problem we currently have is the problem of uh, standardization. So uh, when it comes to ESG, that is it's extremely complex, especially um, developing a standard and also uh, general consensus. So uh, uh, I think that is our first problem and uh, we are trying to collaborate with a lot of organizations to make sure we are able to solve this problem. In terms of uh, the market, we have the market. ESG is a very progressive market. It's very new. Uh, I think started maybe properly uh, in the last 11 or maybe 15 years, but uh, it's a very new it's a very new concept to the market. And uh, although recently there's been some downtrend when it comes to ESG investment in uh, uh, countries like uh, the US, but uh, in also here in the Europe, it's uh, it's it's uh, maintaining its uh, its expectation. And also, uh, like in Africa, we are also trying to collaborate with uh, a lot of businesses in Africa, especially businesses that operate in a uh, in a very carbon intensive um, um, economy. So we have uh, we've we've had a lot of discussions with some businesses. I think during the uh, economic sustainability, we had some discussions with some businesses in Africa, and also we're also looking at um, because uh, like for a continent that contributes about four percent to global greenhouse gas emission, and out of I think by the international. Rescue Committee, out of 10 most vulnerable countries, Africa accounts for about seven. So it's, it's, uh, it's a bit catastrophic. So we are looking for how to go into the market, how to have collaborations with uh, international non-governmental and uh, non-profit-making organizations to help uh, in uh, sustainability education. I think that's one of our major... Getting this proper collaboration is one of our um, one of our uh, one of the problems we are trying to solve at the moment. And do you find the same, Eddie, for your business, uh, the need to partner with strategic partners across sectors and the need to collaborate? Okay, I think for me, like the biggest problem that I'm facing is that our country, the economic, like, so, like the country is not that stable when it comes to politics and economics. The inflation rate is that high, so that, for instance, if you are trying to an investor and all those stuff, in most cases, it's hard for you to invest in a country where the inflation rate is like now more than 25% per year. And when it comes to investing in that country, if you don't have like long term or a strategy, like an investor wants, like, for example, a long term bond, it's very hard for you to secure any kind of funding. And also, when it comes to uh, the legal like framework in our country, when it comes to like maybe you can take product and other stuff, there is not that kind of raw and framework that you can say you can follow when it comes to implementing. The thing is that when it comes to like either providing some of the financial product, you will face many barriers when it comes to the public bank on the sanction in the or under restriction or even the requirement of the uh, the deposit that you have to make. And in most cases, is like that's the biggest problem that we are facing now and. Now we can secure some kind of internal funding, but when it comes to looking for uh, external, like outside, outside, like investors, it's very hard for you to have like that kind of message that you can tell them and how they can trust in what you are doing. Yeah. 
Yes, and, and that's such a great point. I think the the need to have strategic partners to know exactly how we have to position ourselves to be able to build the best ecosystem around us to achieve our goals and vision is, is, is what is needed. Um, and is it the same for you, Favor, for your business that you have found the need to collaborate and to build strategic partnerships? Oh, yes. Um, to, uh, healthcare support is... Um, very, very much in that. And I will, I will always say that, uh, first of all, because the rate of adoption of um, health products or not even health products, but the rate of adoption of um, health, um, let me say health services um, from third party or let's say startups that are focused in B2B or B2C is quite slow. Um, personally, because uh, from my own perspective, I think it's because of um, I think it's because of um, so many regulations, one, and also the amount of sensitivity that goes into um, such, such products, or even not just the kind of sensitivity that goes into such products, but then um, people are more, are more likely to go for something that they can see, um, they can touch, and not just, uh, not just feel. So which makes it um, a bit complex navigating um, within healthcare. Also, looking at partnerships, um, one for Kaniza Health, we are not yet fully registered. So it kind of makes it um, a bit harder to like um, make some approach or um, offer some offer some deal at the table to kick off or to make things happen. Uh, which which of course is either is it's a is a problem, but not like um, a big a big problem if we are registered if we are going to be registered soon. And then finally, uh, the third point is um, the issue of trying to um, they say compete against um, dominating forces already in the market. So um, you see, we are competing against people that are already mastered the market, people that already know, people not know, um, people that have failed over maybe with some products before, and then people that have gone, people that have gone ahead of the game. So um, that also um, opens up to, to, that also opens up another opportunity for us because we are looking at our uh, partnerships, so we are looking at doing something that they've not done before. That they can willing, they can willing to partner. That or they will be willing to partner in order to deliver value to more patients. So yes, I cost across um everybody. And what do you all see on the horizon in 2024? We're almost there. Are there any global mega trends? Of course, we have AI. We have many mega trends that are affecting many businesses and all sectors. What do you all see on the horizon for your own companies and industries for 2024? And I'll start with you, Eddie. Okay, for me, when it comes to seeing the trend in AI and also in a set of currency, there are many opportunities that they think you can be able to tap into. But I think for on my side, the problem I still see is the lack of infrastructure because you can see some of the Western technology that you can adopt easily now. Context, but the problem is some of them they require like computing energy, electricity, internet. And then you look back in our country, it's hard for you to implement the same solution because it requires you like to invest a lot in infrastructure and all those stuff. And if you are a small business and you want to expand a small country like Burundi, that infrastructure won't be easy for you to be able to beat and be able also maybe to make profit on the investment that you made. Another thing is that. Even if you can see that in some that you can commit yourself to, and due to how like the political situation is not that stable, 
it's very risky for you to think that you can venture in that and make sure that maybe in the future you can be able like, to make something out of it. Yeah. And I think that's a great point that you brought up is that we have to think about technology being suited for different geographies and what are the modifications of that that may have to be made for, for it to fit and to have its highest use in that area. And Wiltrid, what about for your business? Uh, what do you see in terms of sustainability consulting on the horizon uh, trends in 2024? So currently, of course, we are looking at technology. We are looking at um, exploring AI, especially on um, because we are currently exploring sustainable finance. So we are looking at integrating AI into most of the services in terms of our decision making. And also in terms of uh, analysis, we're also looking at uh, using uh, machine uh, language uh, algorithms for this. And uh, I think the second uh, area we're also exploring, we're also exploring the carbon markets. So we followed um, the um, African Climate Forum. I think it was the African Climate Forum in Kenya. Um, earlier this year, it was the first uh, climate summit in Africa. So I think during uh, the... Climate, Africa Climate um, Summit. One of the discussions was the carbon market potential in Africa. So, I think uh, the governor, of, uh, the president of KM, uh, talked about um, the development of uh, things in Africa, carbon six in Africa, and also we so we're having a lot of discussions as regards uh, the potential of uh, carbon market in Africa, not just in Africa but also uh, in uh, South America countries. I think that is the second. Um, that is second area we are going to explore by the end of this year and also uh, next year. We are also going to look at, but not with so much uh, focus on uh, maybe Web3, but we just look at it, look at its potential in terms of, uh, we had the conversation earlier this year to look at how uh, the role of blockchain in, uh, in, in enabling supply chain credibility how to make supply chain become more secure. So we are exploring uh, supply chain, we are exploring uh, blockchain on that regards, but there's a lot of discussion at the moment. We are trying to partner with experts in this industry. And, and also, there's also um, uh, a discussion also about uh, equity investment in our business, expanding. And so we have a lot of discussions for the end of this year. Yes, and those are excellent ways to position for 2024. Um, and Faber, what about you for your company? How do you see yourselves um, being able to really harness the mega forces um, in in terms of AI and technology for your business? Yes, um, definitely. We've seen interesting trends in healthcare recently. Um, we've seen now more use cases of AI and radiology, prediction, precision medicine, and uh, also predictive technology. Which of course is um which says which says a lot about um the use of AI um in in what we are doing, especially when if you are going to predict this factor of the patient going to have um hypertension or so or even diabetes and all around all around um okay. so um which presents us with a, a very very good use case. But then um looking at the different side from SDA, um one of the second technology we are considering apart from AI because I'm a huge fan of AI um. Is that aside from AI, what can we, how can we help people make um, better financial decisions towards their healthcare or on their healthcare spending? 
So and for that reason, um, we are looking at um, blockchain. Blockchain technology actually offers a very, very good use case, especially with the adoption of um, cryptocurrency and most importantly, stable coins. So how can people save on cannabis afterwards? Can I would afford yeah, their day-to-day medical or, or maybe day-to-day medical medical needs or to shop for their drugs and ensure constant availability of drugs. Um, yes, definitely, even though we are exploring all those options, um, we need to start from somewhere. We recognize that there is a we recognize that there's a um a kind of digital divide, especially when it comes to um, using these technologies on mobile apps or mobile devices and all that. But then we yeah, are looking at ways where they can actually spend, um, maybe through their health plan, through through so many considerations is going on, um, towards ways we can pivot, ways we can scale, ways we can also serve the customers um, world using these two technologies. Yes, and I think for all industries, uh, the megatrends and mega forces that we see in technology are really going to be a catalyst across sectors and industries. And are there any challenges that you see on the horizon in 2024 in your industries and your business? And because we have the positive catalyst uh, here, but we also have some challenges that we see uh, on the horizon for next year. Are, are there any challenges in 2024 that you are trying to position your business for right now at the end of 2023 to be prepared for? Okay. Uh, so we see a lot of challenges, especially when it comes to settlements, especially on ESG. So recently, they've been the downtrend of the definition of ESG, what is our product. They are reputable our frameworks by institutions or regulatory bodies that we have to follow, but there have been a settlement about this. And also, we are also looking at what we're also looking at is escalation of crisis, especially uh, the especially with our uh, inflation, like uh, the Russian war in Ukraine. It's all in now uh, also in a global recession. So we are looking at uh, so we are looking at how this can be mitigated. And also, we are also looking at also with the trend of uh, maybe heads of um, president or uh, government extending the zero pledges. Um, uh, globally, not just uh, not just uh, specific countries, but uh, globally, and how expensive most of these are net zero goals are for this government. So we are also looking at it, and also we are also looking at developing countries. Developing countries, like in this country, there's there's what they call uh, CBS. I think it's a um, it's a stress testing analysis for how um, climate change poses risks for businesses. So I think this one, this is one of the first in the world that was conducted by the Bank of England. So we're also looking at other uh, scenario or stress analysis by other banks uh, globally. And now businesses can be able to mitigate or um, benefit from climate risk. So although none of this uh, would not seem in so many of these countries, especially for uh, the developing countries and uh, countries that are more vulnerable to climate change. And also, we're also looking at, um, I think, another another challenge is collaboration and also investment. So climate investment is going down, but uh, not very obvious, but uh, because of the sentiment and also due to politics, uh, global politics or political views, there have been some uh, downtrend uh, for, for, for sustainability. I think that that's our major challenge. 
old Nestia. Yes, but I do think that because of the market that we've experienced this year, we may all be better prepared for similar markets in 2024. And do you find the same, Eddie, with your business that you are better prepared to face 2024 uh, through navigating this year? I think it's almost the same challenges because, uh, especially for us, the biggest problem that is happening is because of uh, the government trying to change like the currency and due to all the Ukraine and the Russia war, it has changed a lot of stuff and the inflation has been like that high. I think now it's almost the cheapest of, yeah, the increase, like maybe less than six months. And the country also has been looking at the option of using like the Russia currency of using US, like US dollar to buy a, like to buy like export or import food and services and all those stuff are changing the market and how it's hard to predict what is going to happen but for me what i'm saying is that like what you're trying to look now is to make sure that because now i'm having some conversation with some of the investors and other stuff and what i'm trying to make sure that is that we are talking about all those like challenges beforehand and try to see how we can tackle them and i think that i've been looking at was like a I think last night we were talking about how we can implement like the microphone as the prototype. And what was happening was either we can either choose to, when we're implementing one, to give them in like US, like US dollar, ends up using our local currency. But all those things are not allowed in our country. And what I tried to do, and I think that we were trying to say was like, how can we use maybe stable coin and other stuff, make sure that people can save our your money using like capital and technology. And all these are challenges because in our country, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency is not accepted as a currency or a mean of exchange. But since I can try to see all this thing right now, we are trying to make sure that any engagement that we have with investors or partners and other stuff, we try to raise those questions so that we can be able to offer them beforehand that they reach out there. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really great point, Eddie, about the availability of different currencies. You speak about the cryptocurrencies and uh, just all of the options that you may have available to fundraise, to receive payments, and uh, the challenges that exist in the wider system. Like you were saying, they're not available in your country and how that may affect you receiving payments. And, and then if you can't receive payments in cryptocurrency, um, then you may be very exposed to the volatility in terms of inflation in the dollar, right? And so there are all of those different areas and sectors uh, to think about, I think, in the global monetary system that really affect startups, I think, especially when you're fundraising um, and receiving payments. And, and do you find the same favor that do you see the effects of global trends like they were speaking about inflation in the dollar really global monetary trends and and you see it in your business oh yes um personally uh i've been a little bit victim of such um just recently because here in canada um, the cd rate just hit uh, one dollar to so so gonna say this i'm also against the that are against one dollar to 11 cities. So this slight change actually is it's very, very significant, especially for uh, we that are running startups. And significantly where we see certain this occurring is when we look at the supply chain and when we look at the cost of medications for patients. So um, if speaking, for example, when a patient already supply, buys a drug or a particular um, 
it was clamp brand of drug or a dosage of drug for let's say eleven CMEs and the next time they are going to buy it is stocks is is yeah, maybe fifty percent um added value or fifty percent added tax. And they have to the, the business owner or the startup actually transfer this post to the pe- to the patient. It positively when we can't um, bottleneck because what if the what if this patient cannot afford it? What if this patient cannot actually um spend and that particular point, that particular that particular amount of money? So all these are challenges which are caused by um different factors, especially when you look at the economy. Um big pharmaceutical companies are looking at ways to cut costs. Um, these pharmaceutical companies are also, even the local pharmaceutical companies or even internet, what international are looking at ways they can save more, why they produce, why they can save more, why they produce more. And this, um, this um, trend is interesting in, uh, one recent thing that I called this year, especially in Nigeria, where I'm from, um, is the GSK living Nigeria, the Nigeria pharmaceutical markets, which was a very, very big, uh, a very, very big blow because we see people still want to buy inhalers, buy um, drugs like ibuprofen, buy essential antibiotics, which is um, which is essential for their for their health. So these are all global challenges that um, we are facing, which has can trickle down to us as a startup. And one way, way I I feel like um, presents a very very good use case in that both Ghana and Nigeria. I would say, I would say both Ghana and Nigeria, they are more friendly or welcome towards the use of digital currency. And um, when I mean digital currency, I mean stable coins. And just like India State and after Botrix again, it presents a very, very significant use case and starting providing liquidity and also providing constant, um, constant hedge against the fluctuating uh, economic or, or currency depreciation. So yes, these are the global things that are affecting everyone. Um, we are not left behind. And of course, we are looking at ways where we can save costs, but yet still in value. So those are the two ways I see that um, supply chain, one, two, um, the economic um, fluctuation or depreciation of currencies. Yes, those are the two ways. That's a great point. I think um, in, in in terms of currency and receiving payments, inflation, uh, that that really starts to affect the bottom line. And looking at 2024 now, our outlook for 2024, um, are there any technologies or advancements within your businesses that you are launching next year and, and that you believe are going to have a real effect, a positive effect in your industries? Um, it's, it's, it's always exciting to launch something at the beginning of the year. And so I know it's founders uh, we're, we're thinking about the new launch and the right time to do the launch and, and the right positioning. So I'll start with you, Wolfred. Have any, any launches, any ideas uh, or new trends that you are introducing into the market next year in 2024? So for 2024, we are looking at um, climate data. So data is extremely important when it comes to uh, measuring uh, when it comes to investment or when it comes to sustainability as a whole. So we are looking at um, having um, a platform to get data or to analyze data, to use data because they are exploring sustainable finance. So climate data is extremely important for this type of uh, this type of area. Also, we are looking at uh, 
But majorly, we are looking at collaboration because uh, we want to stay in each business. So we are not going to dive into a lot of areas. So we are just going to focus on uh, ESG, and uh, that is what we are going to do. So we are just uh, next year we are majorly focusing on creating a platform for sustainable investment. So we are going to. So this will be we are going to integrate uh, AI into this and also um, data collection uh, technologies into this, and that is our major focus for next year. Those are great topics to focus on. And Eddie, are there any trends, ideas that you are launching at, at the beginning of the year, Q1 2024? Okay, for me, I think it depends on how like the negotiation I have with one of my investors was. But what we are looking at was uh, for like financial transaction. The problem that you have in Boone is most financial uh, institutions, they don't have like interoperabilities. You, can you cannot send money from one bank to another. You cannot send money from one mobile money operator to another. The note you're trying to look at was how can we uh, do a platform that can help us to do those transactions? Medicines, like, between our agent, they can be able to do those transactions. They can change money from one bank to another using like our platform. But the problem that you have now is to be able to reach that uh, platform now to ensure that you have now fine. Because in most cases, what you have to do is enter in contract with like either a bank or a mobile money operator. And you have like kind of a, a cash somewhere in the bank account so that anytime that you use the credit that they have given, you go there, deposit or withdraw. And it's like, you know, person and inquire you like kind of uh, discussion with them. And also it requires you like to give them some kind of uh, security so that anytime that the platform has some problem, they have something to say like, if this happens, you're going to Get this or here, this happened. I won't do this. And that for me is going to require me, like, I cannot actually that is going to happen, but that's what you are looking at in my listening there. And I think the implementation I want to use, like, stable coin, that's the option that you are looking at now, but you are seeing discussion. Yeah. All right, great. What about for your business favor? Are, are there any launches or trends um, that, that you would like to launch in 2024 or mega trends that, that you would like to incorporate into your business next year? Okay, yes, um, definitely. We are looking at some. Right now, we've launched our mobile product. And um, contrary to what we believed, whilst we are building our first our first prototype on the first day we did that. So we are looking at, at a widespread adoption. But then uh, it didn't quite go well, uh, which made us to like you go back to the drawing table and look at correcting our mistakes or where what went wrong, what is going wrong, or what is going right. And right now we are kind of seeing a demand for mobile application as against the web application we first built. So um, looking at that, we we are making we are making plans towards how we can build our mobile application. And then from building our mobile application now, within from now until next year, we'll see how it goes. And then we kind of do our first, um, our first um, rolling out and trial. But aside that, um, we are looking at how can we, well, how can we make patients or how can we enable patients to make more smarter decisions towards their healthcare or payment for healthcare. And um, one of the things that, um, which is still under discussion, and of course, um, well, I'm still taking it up with my fund manager and um, we'll see how we can um, go through health financing. How can we um, launch or throughout the health financing um, idea that we currently have? So those are the two main things that we are going to, we are going for. And then finally, one thing we are also considering is um, 
what kind of strategic partnerships to be looking at for? Are we innovating towards uh, pharmacies? Um, what kind of products to, what kind of expectations do pharmacies uh, want or what kind of um, expectations do they have and are we going to be able to meet them? And also what kind of expectations do private practitioners have and um, if they are going to be able to meet them? So, um, of course, um, both um, offline and online, um, we are looking at both health nursing, health plan, for, for as we are starting now, our customer which are the present. So, but it's not that definitely dates or demands or yet, but definitely new products are coming on. And uh, we, are, we are launching now, we are launching again. And that is what um, really matters to us, yes. Well, it all sounds really exciting what you're all working on. I think uh, all of your businesses are very well positioned for the new year and the beginning of Q1 2024. We have megatrends and mega forces as the catalyst in terms of AI and technology, pushing all of our businesses forward and really allowing us to be able to scale, I think, at, at, at speeds uh, that, that we've never seen before. And so that's very exciting. At the same time, uh, we've already navigated 2023 here. And so it really allows all of you to be able to navigate 2024 very, very well. And in addition, to be able to take advantage of the megatrends that we see here in the market. So thanks to all of you for joining our roundtable and our podcast today. Very interesting learning about your businesses and your outlooks for the rest of the year and the new year. We would like to welcome you back uh, to our future roundtables and and podcasts. And thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I believe it was really appreciate. Thank you.